Good morning. My name is Father Kevin Regan, and although I visited here often to see my mentor, Father Bill Byrne, I've never actually been with you to celebrate a Sunday liturgy. That's because I recently was pastor of St. John Newman in Gaithersburg, Maryland, and have, as of Wednesday, been assigned to the seminary, St. John Paul II Seminary, as the vice rector. So Father Scythe knew I was here today. He would want me to pass on a greeting. Hello. As I said, my name is Father Kevin Regan, and one of the things that can happen with my name sometimes in the midst of Washington is they can be mispronounced. Reagan quite happens. It's a little spelled a little differently, and my grandfather comes from Minnesota, so we're not really sure of the relation and the connection, but Regan is the way I say my name, and Reagan is the way that some other people say it. I remember this keenly, especially in high school, when some of, the, some of my fellow teammates on the lacrosse team decided to call me, not by the proper pronunciation, but by the false pronunciation, Reagan, and they decided to rhyme it with pagan, and so they would call me Reagan the Pagan. I advise you and tell you that I don't believe there was anything in particular that I was involved with that would have that would have earned me that title or earned me that name. However, Brian Merkel just liked making rhymes. I think sometimes we can wonder about the good pagan. We can wonder about the person who has no outward practice of religion, but at times can appear to be a better Christian than we who call ourselves Christians. In spite of not having, having no apparent belief in God, the good pagan seems more compassionate and fair and loving than we who sometimes engage in our religious practices and worship. The good or the righteous pagan may even be aware of his superiority to religious folk. I don't need to go to church to do the right thing. Those churchgoers are a bunch of hypocrites. Perhaps you have heard this. Perhaps you have heard people say this. Maybe even someone in your own family. The righteous pagan is a challenge to us who come to church and who put the priority in the worship of God first in our lives. And so how are we to respond to this question? Well, first of all, being a good pagan shouldn't be so strange to us. In today's Old Testament reading, we hear Moses tell us that the commandments of God are not too mysterious or too remote. They are not somewhere up in the sky, nor do we need to cross oceans to find them. As Moses says, the law of God is very near to you, already in your mouths and in your hearts. So it should not surprise us that a pagan, a non-believer, knows the right thing to do. St. Paul tells us that the law of God is written on our hearts. So to a person who says, I don't need to go to church to do the right thing, we can respond, neither do we. Like a good pagan, you and I know 
the, have an innate sense of what is right and what is wrong. Whether we do it is the question. We know that God's law is in our hearts, but we also know something else. We recognize that we have fallen short, that we have not obeyed God's law, and that even though he, the pagan, might, not, might be reluctant to admit it, he has similarly fallen short. Like you and me, the good pagan has done things that he or she would rather not talk about. When we come to church, we come not to celebrate our own goodness, but to worship the living God. We come because he is good. And today we hear about a figure who fulfilled God's law in a marvelous manner and who, to the Jewish people, would have been considered a pagan. But he is not called the good pagan, but the good Samaritan. But who is he? Early Christian writers identify this good Samaritan as Jesus himself because of the perfect way that he shows compassion. St. Augustine and other church fathers interpreted the parable of the good Samaritan this way. They say, the man who journeyed from Jerusalem to Jericho, from the high ground to the low ground, represents humanity, you and me. Jericho beckoned, a city of not necessarily Sodom and Gomorrah, but definitely a city of not as holy means and holy ways as Jerusalem. And so walking away from that place of God. But along the way, robbers attacked us and dumped us in a ditch, naked and half dead. The robbers are the temptations of this world and the way that we give in to sin, the demons that affect us and that pull us away from our trust and surrender to the living God. But Jesus, the Good Samaritan, shows us compassion. He bandaged our wounds. He takes us to an inn, his church. He gives the innkeeper two coins, the great commandments, the love of God and the love of neighbor. This is the view of the church. This is the view of St. Augustine and many other church fathers. And many of us bear wounds still. We don't come to church to brag about how good we are, but we come to have those wounds bandaged because we need to be healed. We need to be restored. And then, and only then, can we practice that deepest compassion because Christian compassion springs forth from gratitude for what we realize that Christ has done for us. But this compassion does not need to be dramatic it can be as simple as an example from the life of blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, who St. John Paul II beatified in 1990. You see, as, this, as a youth, blessed Pierre Giorgio, a bit of a playboy in the best of senses in Turin, visited the town of Berlin. He came from pretty good means, but he always had a sense of compassion 
for those in need. It must have been winter because the temperature in Berlin dropped to 12 degrees below freezing. And seeing an old man shivering in the cold, Pierre Giorgio gave him his coat. When his father heard about this, he was angry and chided his son. And Pierre Giorgio replied with humility and with simplicity, but Papa, it was cold. Now, with the summer that we are experiencing, it might seem easy to give away a coat. And perhaps it was for him. But that's not the point. The point is that blessed Pierre Giorgio was a young man filled with the love of Christ. He spent hours in front of Jesus, truly, pleasant, truly present in the blessed sacrament. And just as many hours serving the poor that he encountered. He knew that only Jesus could save, but he did his best to make sure that those in need knew that Christ loved them. To show compassion to someone suffering from the cold, it came naturally to blessed Pierre Giorgio. And we can only be moved by the words of Jesus. Go and do likewise.